0: And, uh, and so you'll be able to listen to the replay, and you'll also be able to get it on our leadership podcast. So just a couple of things. One, I want you to be mindful, make sure uh, that uh, you are staying connected to all things related to Harvest. And, uh, of course, you've got our text group, which at the time of this recording, you still text HFC, 59769, so you can stay connected to the Harvest Fellowship of Churches, which is evolving into the Harvest Leadership Network. And evolving into the Harvest Leadership Network, it's my goal as a bishop but then one who is gifted apostolically who lays foundations it's my goal to speak life and to leaders that are beyond just the church and speak life into leaders uh, that are also in the seven spheres of society arts and entertainment media education government family church as well as uh, uh uh i'm missing one as well as business and so we want to be able to speak into those leaders lives right every leader needs uh, uh someone to speak into them someone to sharpen them and so that's why we're expanding our focus here and we'll be doing that here very soon uh, through the harvest leadership network of course if you're on this call we're super excited you're on and you don't have to be a member of the Harvest Fellowship of Churches to be a part of these Monday Night Calls. Uh, it is my endeavor to be able to empower as many leaders as possible, whether those leaders are connected or not. I do believe this. I do believe that when you pour, uh, that you can expect to receive back from those that you pour into. And, uh, and so we're seeing great, great results from leaders really across the country, and we're really blessed by that. A couple more things before we get into tonight's uh, leadership talk. I also want to encourage you uh, to make sure if you don't have the Harvest mobile app, my goodness, get it. It's super simple to get. You just text HARVEST to 59769, all right? And uh, just the word HARVEST, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, you just text it to 59769. Here's why you want to do that. Um, You'll be able to get access, one, to Harvest Worship. There's several songs that we've released that are going to be a great blessing to you and really empowering. There's songs that give you life. There's songs you can dance to, songs you can worship to, uh, uh, songs that uh, I believe I've participated in writing on all of them. Actually, yes. I've written all of them and collaborated with some of our team on them, uh, on a couple of them also. But the bottom line to it is, there's songs that are going to speak life into you. Two, you'll be able to get life-giving messages. Our podcast link is in there. Our YouTube channels in there. Uh, all of our social medias in there. So many great resources you'll be able to give. I encourage you, leaders, if you're not a giver, those you lead won't be either. And so if you want to cultivate generosity in those that you lead, you've got to be generous. Even to my business owners and entrepreneurs, if you want to cultivate generosity in the people that you lead, you've got to be generous yourself. You cannot expect from other people but you're not first doing yourself. And uh, one of the other benefits of our app, besides it being totally free, is you'll be able to put the click on what we call our praise reports button or the Change Lives blog. So literally, it is a blog where individuals go in and they submit their own praise reports. The church doesn't change it. And so that's why if you ever see spelling errors or punctuation errors, um, that's because the church doesn't go in there. We don't doctor it. And what most we might do is remove a name, depending on the uh, nature of the situation that they're talking about, uh, just to make sure that you know people's privacy is adequately protected. But other than that, they're posted exactly as an individual does. Submit to them, and they're great praise reports, so many awesome ones. And I, I'll just read you a couple of them because they always bless me to hear how God is working in the lives of people. And I've got to say this to you, leader, it's always important that you are able to measure your effectiveness. Many times as a leader you will feel ineffective, and that's only because you've not set up a method. Listen to me, leaders, you've not set up a method to measure your effectiveness. How do you measure your effectiveness as a pastor You can't just measure by the size of your crowd because cancer grows too. I just said something right there, Leader. You can't measure your effectiveness by the size of your crowd because cancer grows, tumors grow. So sometimes uh, growth does not necessarily mean that something good is going on. Sometimes it can mean that something, something cancerous is going on. So you can't just do it by the size of your crowd, although that can be an indicator. You've got to determine how you're going to measure your effectiveness. If you're a business owner, it can't just be, uh, uh, obviously, you'll have your profit and loss statement, your balance sheet, uh, uh, et cetera. And, and so in that, sure, you can measure your effectiveness by your bottom line, absolutely, in business, that's extremely important. But what other metrics are you measuring it by? Are you measuring it by customer satisfaction? Are you measuring it by customer reorders? Are you measuring it by uh, the cost of customer acquisition? All of those things are so important that you know how to measure your effectiveness. I'm going to read you. Just a couple quick praise reports and uh, and just to encourage you to build your faith as a leader, and then we're going to jump into tonight's leadership talk. Uh, Here's another one, Uh, or here's one, rather. It says – let's go to this one. I'm just picking a random one off of here. It says – uh, faithful Givers Flourish, my giving in 2018 almost doubled from 2017. I was blown away to see the seed God allowed me to sow. 2018 was a year of so many doors opening for me. Every time I decided to sow, I heard Bishop saying that my harvest is always bigger than the seed. I'm so excited to be able to double my giving this year. Hashtag going to the next level. Hashtag favor follows me. That's an awesome one. Here's another one here. Um, it says, Shalom. Uh, uh, Let's see, Bishop Foreman, Uh, 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 let's see here, Uh uh-oh, my computer uh, froze up on me here. Okay, so long, Bishop Foreman. It says, you spoke that this year people that don't like us will bless us. Well, a coworker who dislikes me <laughs> just walked into my office and handed me a gift card. Your are sir, sure they do not fall to the ground. Two praise reports in one week. Won't he do it? Another great praise report in here about the Super Bowl. Harvest Church supported an organization that was involved in uh, church, uh, or excuse me, uh, sex trafficking rescues. And uh, it was amazing. They had over 1,900 ads they responded to, over, I believe, 30 arrests, Of those that were illegally trafficking uh, women, men, and children, minors, uh, in, excuse me, 40 arrests, um, in sex trafficking, 30 rescues. That means individuals who were involved in sex trafficking that did not want to do it, they were rescued. It was such a blessing. That praise report's on here. I'll read it to you. It says, Dear Bishop Foreman, I want to thank you and the entire Harvest family for sowing into the lives of our outreach team. Your generosity will cover meals for our team. of volunteers doing outreach in Atlanta. Of course, this was last week, Super Bowl week. As you know, we're in Atlanta to rescue victims of human trafficking during the 2019 Super Bowl weekend. During Super Bowl, we rely on the generosity of businesses and churches in order to feed our team. We were all volunteers. Unfortunately, we did have some broken promises and not enough time to fundraise in order to fill the gaps. Thank God for you, Bishop Foreman, and the entire Harvest family. Because of your generosity, we're able to focus on our purpose for being here. Again, thank you. Isn't it awesome? We're blessed to be a blessing. Leader, would you take that down? Would you write that down so that you don't ever get frustrated? You blessed to be a blessing, I want you to write that down. You're blessed to be a blessing. When you understand that you are blessed to be a blessing, it really shifts and changes uh, your your life. It really shifts and changes your view. It shifts and changes um, your perspective as it relates to leadership, because sometimes leadership can be frustrating. Can we tell the truth? Sometimes leadership can be angering. Can we tell the whole truth? Sometimes leadership can be very lonely. And so the reality is is that we have got to take the time and we have got to ensure that we are uh, being uh, mindful of our goal, right? We're blessed to be a blessing. And sometimes when you're being a blessing, watch this, it'll feel like you're being used. I just said something right there, Leader. Sometimes when you're being a blessing, it'll feel like you're being walked on, but that's only because you're a bridge. Sometimes when you're being a blessing, it will in fact feel uh, very antithetical uh, to that reality, and you just have to know that as a leader that it's worth it. That's why you measure your effectiveness so that you'll know it's worth it. Would you write that down, leader, or type that in your phone? It's worth it, or your iPad, or your laptop, wherever you're taking notes. I want to jump into tonight's leadership talk, uh, and I I want to talk uh, really from this concept. I want to talk from this concept. Uh, building something from nothing, Mm. building something from nothing. Father, I pray over this talk tonight as we empower leaders, even those that are going to listen to the podcast and even the replay of our call tonight, I pray that you would grow them, stretch them, that they'd be able to build something from nothing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. As I start this talk tonight, one, uh, uh, I want you to know that the reality is, is that as a leader, you will often have to start over. I want to say that. As a leader, you are often going to have to start over. You're going to start over because your team is going to change. You're going to start over because your staff is going to change. You're going to start over because some of your key leaders are going to change. You're going to start over because the way you used to do something is going to change. You're going to start over because the plans that you had to take one direction that's going to change. You're going to have to start over because people aren't going to always fulfill their end of the bargain. So you're going to have to get used to starting over, leader. And when you get used to starting over, uh, you have to realize that often you're going to have to take nothing and turn it into something. But you have got to realize as a leader, you are well able to do it. Leader, I need you to say this with me. I am able to do it. Say it with me. I am able to do it. Say it with me one more time. I am able to do it. Why do you have me saying that, Bishop for me? Because whatever follows your I am becomes your reality. And the scripture says. That when Moses said, Well, who shall I say sent me? He says, Well, tell them I am sent you. I am is this Hebrew phrase, a year, a share, a year. It literally means I will prove that which I am to be. But let's go deeper. I am is a name of God. It's the way God chose to be identified. He said, Call me I am, which means whatever follows your I am, what you're saying is God says. You better hear me tonight. Hear me on this podcast. Hear me on this replay. Whenever you say I am, whatever follows your I am becomes your reality because when you say I am, what you're saying is God said So because that's how God chose to be identified. So as a leader, you've got to get used to saying things like I am wise. I am strong, I am prosperous, I have boldness, I have fortitude, I am effective, I'm great at what I do. You've got to get used to saying things because whatever follows your I am becomes your reality because that is, in fact, how God chose to be identified. He said, call me I am. Now, when you look at this, as a leader, you're going to have to get used to starting over. You're going to have to get used to building something from nothing. You've got to get used to that and not think that something's wrong with that. You're not a failure because you have to start over. You're not a failure because you have to build something from nothing. It's part of the cycle of the growth of an organization. If you're a business owner, it's part of the cycle of the growth of a business. Have you ever gone into a restaurant? and gotten comfortable with the serving staff, gotten comfortable with the kitchen staff, gotten comfortable with the management. and then a few months later, it's a new serving staff. And it, I know we've all had that happen, right? New serving staff. The food might taste slightly different, uh, and, and there might be some new folks in management, right? Uh, I find a few restaurants that I like to frequent, and then I frequent them. I like to build relationships because when I go in there, I want to make sure that I, I receive, uh, you know, excellent treatment. But oftentimes, um, you know, the staffs will change. And so who was there? Changes out. Who knew, uh, you know, uh, how I like things done? That person's changed out. They're not there anymore. It's the cycle of business. It's the cycle of ministry, which means things will change, and you're going to have have to get used to starting over, and you're going to have to get used to building something from nothing. That sounds very familiar when we look at the children of Israel in the Bible. After 430 years of slavery, overnight, The children of Israel go uh, from slavery, and they're set free. But check it out. When they're set free, they have to start over. You hear me? When they're set free, they have to build something from nothing. It's almost like life was better in Egypt because in Egypt, everything was already done. And sometimes as a leader, you better hear me clearly, as a leader, you can be so used to the comforts, watch this, of something that confines you, and you are unwilling to take the risks to be free let me say that another way. Sometimes as a leader, you can be so comfortable with what has been built so far that you do not have the capacity to build bigger, to build better, to do more, to reach more, because you are comfortable with what has been. And as a leader, you've got to get used to starting over. As a leader, you've got to get used to taking nothing and turning it into something. After 430 years, y'all, they were leaving the comforts of what they knew When they were going to take what was supposed to be a short 11-day trip through the wilderness and start over in this place that the Bible calls a land that flows with milk and honey. Now, let's go next. Let's go to the next principle here. Not only were they going to have to start over, not only were they going to have to take nothing and turn it into something because they were going to be in a wilderness. Watch this, leader. Now they're in a land with milk and honey. Now, we say that, but we don't think about what that means. Honey means bees, and bees means stings. Wherever there's a great preponderance of bees, there are going to be stings. And wherever there are stings, there's going to be pain. So when they're going to a land of milk and honey, the Bible is really saying they're going to a land where there's stings and pain. As a leader, you cannot grow beyond your ability to tolerate and to deal with pain. You can only grow, I heard one leader say it like this. You can only grow to the threshold of your pain. I want to ask you something tonight. How much pain can you take? How much betrayal can you deal with? How much hurt can you deal with? If you can handle a lot, then God can trust you with a lot. Come on here, uh, leaders. If you can handle a lot, God can trust you with a lot. If you have a low pain tolerance, you can't be trusted with a lot because the land of milk and honey is a land of life's of stings and pain. But then it says, it's the land of milk. Well, where does milk come from? Cows. Well, what does that mean? The cows have to be cared for. The cows have to be fed. The cows have to be uh, 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 milked, which means, watch this. It says not only are you going to have to deal with pain, you're also, watch this, going to have to give it hard work. You're going to have to deal with pain and you're going to have to deal with hard work at the same time. As a leader, realize that your greatest advancement comes when you learn how to deal with pain and still work just as hard at the same time. I need you to know you're not a regular leader. I need you to know that you're not uh, uh, some average leader. I need you to know that you are God's best. I need you to know that you are God's chosen. I need you to know that you are who God has ordained for such a time as this. Got to deal with pain. Got to deal with hard work. Now, but what made them special is that God was with them. They weren't starting over by themselves nor by their strength. And as leaders, especially as Christian leaders, and, and I don't presume that everybody that listens to the call, everybody that listens to the podcast is necessarily a Christian uh, uh, or not. We're going to believe that you will be. Uh, but here's the reality. When you're starting over, you're not starting over by yourself and by your own strength. When you have to build something from nothing, you're not doing it by yourself and by your own strength. You can feel alone, but you're not alone. You can feel like you're by yourself, but you are not by yourself. I need you to understand that, leader. The problem is this. They turned an 11-day journey into 40 years because they didn't practice uh, these three practical principles that I want to give you on this leadership talk. Number one, just own it. As a leader, own it. Everything as a leader rises and falls on leadership. Own it. You don't get to blame. You don't get to point fingers. Own it. Well, well, Bishop Foreman, I got this underperforming employee. Well, now it's your problem because you know they're underperforming. So what are you going to do with them? I got this leader in my church who won't comply with the things I've asked them to do. Well, now it's your problem because you know they won't comply. See, many times as leaders, let's just tell the truth. We don't own the who. We don't own the what. We don't own the where. We don't own the when. We don't own the why of why. What we lead is where it's at, but we've got to. you got to own the who. You've got to own the what. i got to own who's involved. i got to own who needs not to be involved. i got to own the what. What are we doing? What's going on here? Three, where are we going? i got to own that. The people can't tell you where you're going. You've got to tell the people where they're going. That's the point of being a leader. You've got to own the win. When are we going to get it done? I can testify that the win can sometimes be difficult, right, because you sometimes are waiting on other people to catch up to where you are. And as a leader, one of the, you better hear me, one of the worst things you can do is slow down and wait for people to catch up. I'm going to say it again. One of the worst things you could do as a leader is slow down because you are waiting for other people to catch up. Here's the reality. Those people who you're waiting on to catch up may not even be a part of what you're doing a year later. Hear me clearly, leader. Those people that you're waiting on may not even uh, be around in six months. So while you're waiting on them, what you're really doing is handicapping what you need because they may not even be around. Maybe you're not a senior pastor. Maybe you're not a chief executive. Maybe you're a leader in your church. Can I help you? Do not wait on people to catch up. Because if you're waiting on them, they may not even be around. That's part of the life cycle of an organization, all right? The win can be difficult. I can tell you as a leader, I can be very transparent with you and tell you a lot of my wins, I've delayed many things because of the principle I just shared with you. And the reality is, is that I, I, I own it. I own that. You know what? That's my fault. I own that. That's my fault. I never should have waited. I never should have held up the ship waiting on somebody else to get with the program because the truth is they may not even be around Later on, that's the reality you got to deal with. And the why. you got to own the who, what, where, when, and why of, of whatever it is that you leave. It's empowering. When you own it, you're empowered because it removes the feeling of being stuck, uh, 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 and it removes the, watch this, it removes how bitterness comes. It removes how bitterness comes. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, but you can't do all things if you don't own anything. you got to own it. Number two, just start. Talking about building something for nothing. Sometimes this is where you're going to have to start over. Just start. Hear me, a leader. Don't wait for perfect conditions or you'll never start. I've got to be transparent again. This is one of the areas as a leader where sometimes I've had some challenges where I have waited for perfect conditions. And sometimes, the truth is, many times conditions will never be perfect. You just have to start. And you grew up in church, you heard a lot of talk about, quote, God's timing. And most of that is mess that's not in the Bible because there's never – hear me. I'm going to empower you. You're going to shout. There is never a question of God's timing. His timing is always now. Now faith is the substance. He's a very present help in the time of need. He did it suddenly. The question is, have you evolved to the right man or woman for now? Have you evolved into the right leader for now? God's timing is always right now. I need you to write that down. I need you to tweet that. I need you, if you're on Instagram, to put that on one of those little things, those quotes, and and tag me in that. I'll read, read, share it. I need you to do that. God's timing is always right now. The question is have you evolved to the right leader for now? Are you still operating in timidity? Are you still operating in waiting on other people to get their stuff together? Are you still operating in, uh, I I need this one to do this, I need this to do this? One of the greatest things that could ever happen to you as a leader is when you realize sometimes you just got to get it done by yourself. And once you execute, God will then bring you the team you need But he needed you to learn how to do it all in the first place. I just said something right there. Thirdly, just shut up and stay at it. (laughs) What you will see will attempt to make you retreat. As you're building something from nothing, as you're starting over, as you're doing it, what you will see will attempt to make you retreat. When you look at the children of Israel, what they saw made them want to retreat. They said, let's go back to Egypt. Let's turn around. We've got this Red Sea in front of us. Uh, this is crazy. Let's turn around and go back. What you see will make you retreat or will uh, make you attempt to want to retreat. But you've got to shut up your complaining and stay at it. I know that's strong words, but leaders have to be able to take strong talk. When you're a leader, you've got to be able to call the shots, but to call the shots, you've got to take the shots. Shut up complaining and stay at it. Choose not to practice fruitless frustration because it provokes us to do nothing. Here's fruitless frustration. I'm mad, but I didn't take movement. Here's fruitless frustration. I'm angry, but I, I, I didn't adjust anything. Here's fruitless frustration. It, it, it is that I'm, 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 I'm emotional, but I'm not evolving. Okay? And numbers 14, you see God giving the children of Israel a shot to go into this, a shot rather, to go into this land of milk and honey, so they could start over. But they complained. They wanted to return to Egypt because they feared starting over. They feared building something from nothing. Can we be honest, leaders? Sometimes the greatest enemy to our success isn't success, it isn't failure, it's past success. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the greatest enemy to future success isn't failure, it's past success. Look at David. Most of us know about David's first uh, giant, whose name is Goliath. Most of us don't know about David's second giant, whose name is Ishbi Banab. Now, he deals with other giants after that. Ishbi Banab, David got tired, and David needed some help to take that giant down. You know him for taking down Goliath. But David struggled to take down Ishvi bibana Now, why did he struggle? Because now he had experience. Come on here. And when you have experience, it can be dangerous because now you fear failing because you have been now established precedent. Oh, God. And so sometimes you can be afraid to fail because you've succeeded before. And sometimes you've got to realize uh, that that is something you're going to have to overcome as a leader. They wanted to return to Egypt because they feared starting over. So they ignored the fact that what they had was over in its current form. Hear me. And if you fear starting over, you'll keep starting. I want to spend a minute there. As leaders, sometimes you have to recognize that things are over in their current form. Whoa, my God! That is a principle that you can apply in relationships. That's a principle you can apply in life. Sometimes you've got to realize this is over like this. This isn't working like this. This can't happen like this. This person can't be trusted with this anymore. This leader has to be removed because this can't go on like this. Are you catching it? We can't keep selling that product at that price if you're a business owner. We can't keep letting so-and-so sing songs and they can't sing if you're a pastor or worship leader. We can't keep letting so-and-so wear a badge and and they live crazy outside of the church with that badge. If you're a pastor, you get it? Sometimes you've got to recognize things are over in their current form. And if you fear starting over, you know what you'll do? You'll stall. And can I be transparent again, leaders? That's something that is an area that I've had to overcome, and sometimes it's an area I've got to continue to overcome. You know, if you know anything about me, my general style is I'm very aggressive. I'm very uh, – I like to be direct. I like to get things done. But can I tell you, but there's also areas where the truth of the matter is is that there's been times where I have feared starting over. I have feared building something from nothing, and consequently, I've stalled. And when you stall, here's what happens. When you stall as a leader, what's gonna happen to your organization, what's gonna happen to what you're leading is that now whenever something stalls, if you think about a storm stalling, the rain stalling, it creates a flood. So the flood creates another issue. Hear me clearly, leaders. If you're stalling, you're creating another problem. Hear me. If you're avoiding dealing with one issue, come on here. You are creating another issue that's a bigger issue. See, if the rain keeps going, it might be windy, it might be rainy, but then the storm passes. But if you let the storm stall, now that rain's going to fall, and as that rain falls, it's going to fall. Flood the area, which means even though the, the rain has stopped, the flood remains. The flood is going to do damage that now requires, oh, my God, everything to be torn down and rebuilt. So because you stalled, you created another problem that became a bigger problem than your original problem. I want to tell some leader tonight, stop stalling. And I know it can be difficult. I want to tell some leader listening to this podcast, stop stalling. Do what needs to be done and do it right away. Watch Uh, The two individuals, they consulted people, people, unfortunately, in the same mess as them about how to get out of it. And 10 of their leaders did this. They sent 12 leaders, you know the story, they sent 12 leaders into the promised land to spy it out. But one of the things that was interesting was they consulted people that were in the same mess as them. Whenever you are trying to advance, you need to make sure that you are not talking to people in the same mess as you. If you got financial issues, don't go ask nobody with financial problems how to advance. If you've got uh, 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 consistency issues, don't ask somebody inconsistent how to be consistent. Numbers 13, 27, I'm just going to read you a few verses. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. It was, the fruit was so big it took two guys to carry it. It was like it's too good to be true. Verse 28, nevertheless, watch what they did, y'all. The people who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large moreover we saw the descendants of anag there now here's my question what does that have to do with them now they've gotten past the red sea they've come out of egypt overnight uh, uh, rich now they are it's time for them to go and possess the promised land they send 12 spies 10 and old spies come back and they consult one another and when they consult one another this is their report. They said, We see the descendants of Ahab. Sometimes, as a leader, you're worried about stuff that has nothing to do with you. Sometimes, as a leader, you're concerned about things that don't have anything to do with you. Well, what's the church down the street doing? That ain't got nothing to do with you. What's the business over there doing with you? That has nothing to do with you. Sometimes you are involving things in the equation that have nothing to do with the outcome. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Notice what Caleb said, we're over to overcome it, not them. As a leader, make sure that you're viewing things as it, not them. If you view things as them, woo, you are going to take everything personal. If you view things as them, you won't have difficult conversations with people instead of it. Sometimes as a leader, let's face it, sometimes as a leader, I've been a, 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 an entrepreneur since I was 12 years old, since I 12 years old. And the truth of the matter is, is I've had to hire people and I've had to unhire some people. Let's say it like that, all right? And here's the truth. Sometimes you can believe so much in somebody and their potential and what they can do and, and who they could be that you delay and you stall unhiring them, right? And I've experienced that many times. I, I'm, I'm, I'm evolving, but, but that's just part of the life cycle of an organization. And here's why it becomes difficult, because we've made it a them, not an it. The it is if they're ineffective at their job. See the it? They, they're not a good fit because they're ineffective. We see it as them. What are they going to do? I'm talking to a pastor right now. Oh, my God, because you refuse to get rid of this leader that is causing you all kinds of issues because you've made it a them, not an it. It's an it. The issue is an it, not a them. If it's a them, you'll make it personal when it's not personal. It's just kingdom. Keep it kingdom. They'll make it personal. Verse 31. Uh, but the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, but they are stronger than we. Now, how do they know that? They don't know that. As a leader, don't say something that you don't know to be factual. Okay? Don't say something you don't know to be accurate. They said they're stronger. Well, how do you know they're stronger? They assume. And as a leader, you've got to be careful not to assume. It's the lowest form of intelligence. 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land in which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. Is that true? No. That's fake news. That's crazy. They made it up. And you've got to be careful that you don't allow, hear me, leaders, make sure you don't have people who are sensationalists as your top advisors. What do you mean sensationalists? These are individuals that everything they share with you, everything they report to you is over the top. It's, it's, it's wild. It's extravagant. You've got to make sure you have people around you um, that aren't going to stretch the facts. Um, it goes on to say, uh, and all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, uh, and we were like grasshoppers, watch this, in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Here's the last piece of this I want to give you as a leader. Because remember, one, just own it. Two, just start. Three, just shut up and stay at it. Here's the shut up and stay at it. Their self-talk impacted how they walked. It revealed that they were never healed of what happened to them when they were in slavery. They were in a new situation, but they were their old selves. And you've got to watch this. Uh, 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 in, as they are starting over, they've they got to understand this, that they've got to start dealing with what's in them. Mind 1233, make the tree good and its fruit good, or, eat, or either uh, make the tree bad and its fruit bad. The tree is known by its fruit. A good man out of the good treasure of his hearts brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. There's another scripture, Matthew 15, 11. It's not what goes out of a man that defiles him, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles or defines a man. Uh, verse 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart or the mind, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and blasphemy. And that word defile means to improperly define. You call it what it's not. This isn't your undoing, leader. It's your making. It's not your pit. It's your pit stop. Uh, please understand uh, that you have got to be careful how you call things, how you, uh, how you speak about certain things. That word defile also means to make unclean or impure, to corrupt and to make unpleasant. In other words, they were making their own journey in unpleasant because of what they were saying. And all they needed to do was shut up and stay at it. You see the principle? Many times as leaders, we start complaining, and it's easy. We start getting mad, and it's easy. We start getting frustrated, and it's easy. I want to encourage you instead to call things that be not as though they were. See, they needed to start over from the inside out, not just the outside in. Changing locations changed nothing about them. Come on here. Changing locations changes nothing about them. Many times we think if I had more money, if I had more this, if I had more that, if I, if I had different people, if I had this, if I had that, if I had this. Changing locations changes nothing about you. The Bible doesn't record them saying, Lord, make me the person necessary for the promised land. Or, Lord, make our mentalities match the greatness we're about to manifest. So they're defiled inside, defiled what was outside. They had wasted time, opportunity, and watch this. They, they essentially spent 430 years to miss their moment. They spent 430 years, and then they missed their moment. What I want to encourage you as a leader is that get used to having to start over. Get used to having to build something from nothing. And as you're getting used to it, carry those three principles with you. Just own it. You're the leader. You're responsible. People are going to blame you anyway, so you might as well own it and get what you want out of it. I've learned as a leader, people are going to blame you for stuff you don't know nothing about. You might as well own it so that you can, you can direct where it goes. Number two, just start. Don't wait on perfect conditions, leaders. In fact, I pray for a grace for you. Whatever you need to start, maybe it's a new business, maybe it's a new department in your church, maybe it's, it's, it's a conversation you need to have. Whatever it is, I pray for a grace upon you to start. And finally, just shut up and stay at it. Just shut up and stay at it. Keep progressing. Keep moving. And, Father, we're going to even cover this in prayer. We pray now in Jesus' name you would make us the person necessary for what you promised us. Make our mentalities match the greatness we're about to manifest in this year of manifestation. We pray that since your timing is always now, that we would be ready for the now things that you're doing in our organizations, in our businesses, in our ministries, in our churches, in our families, in every area of our life. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, listen, leaders, that's it. It's so simple on how to start over. It's so simple on how to build something from nothing. And I say simple because if you apply those principles, every situation is going to have different specifications, but the principles will always be the same. Think about it. If you get a piece of furniture where you've got to assemble yourself, the principles are the same. You're going to have to take it out of the box. You're going to have to spread the pieces out. You're going to have to get the tools. You're going to have to read the instructions. The principles are the same. What you're putting together is different. The principles of putting it together are the same. You've got three principles on this podcast and on the replay of this call and on our live call right now. Just own it. Just start and just shut up and stay at it. All right? Don't start calling it negative. This isn't your undoing. This isn't your pit. This isn't your greatest failure. No, it's not. This is your greatest achievement. So I want to speak life into you tonight. Listen, leaders, that's our talk for tonight. I want to make sure you stay connected to all things Harvest. Touch HFC to 59769. Soon that's going to evolve to HLN. But right now, as is the time of this call, it's HFC. Also want to encourage you to give. Sow into Harvest Church. Sow into the great work uh, that God is doing, if you want to do that, a couple of ways you can do it. One, uh, if you want to use our website, you can go to harvestchurch.org/give. If you want to sow a love offering to me directly, you can do that there also. Secondly, you can use Cash App. Many people are using that. My Cash App symbol is Bishop Foreign. Or if you want to give directly to the church, it's harvest church give. You'll know it's us because you'll see that V with the orange around it. That's that harvest V. When you see the V, that's the place you want to be. And thirdly, you can use our text-to-give system, and uh, we've got a couple of different ones that you can utilize. Um, The simplest uh, way to do that is uh, uh, text your amount you want to give. So you want to give $1,000, you just text up 1,000 to 84321. You put in the zip code 812, you'll see Harvest Church. Again, you just text the amount, say $1,000 to – I'm just using that as a number – and you text that to 84321. And then you put in the zip code 812. You'll see the Harvest Church logo. When you see the V, that's the place you want to be, and you can give that way. So three ways that you can give: Cash App, our website slash give or you can also utilize our text-to-give system. Text the amount to 84321. Put in the zip code 812. When you see the V, that's where you want to be. Or again, Cash App. The symbol Bishop, or the dollar symbol Bishop Foreman or Harvest Church give. I encourage you to always give. Uh, so that you can seal what it is that you receive. Many times people receive, but they don't seal it. And when you don't seal it, you're not going to be able. It's kind of, again, it's kind of like, you know, some food. It, it'll spoil because it's not covered because it's not sealed. So I encourage you to do that, um, and uh, and you'll see some great things manifest in your life. We've got some great dates coming up for you. We're going to text you and email you. This year, our normal conference, we're calling it the convocation. That's right. It's going to be convocation this year, and uh, we are excited about that. We're confirming our lineup of great speakers that are going to be with us, as well as assessments that are going to empower you and your leaders and those that you're attached to and connected to, so we'll have those dates for you also. Additionally, I mentioned to you at the end of last year we were going to be doing an online pastors and leaders event. And what we actually decided to do to make it more effective is we're going to be doing a whole host of webinars um, that uh, we're going to be doing, they're going to speak to a variety of issues. So we decided to actually make it more than just an online event. We're going to make it a whole series of events. So that's why you've not seen information on that. One of the things about me is that I evolve, and I evolve quickly. So when I see a better way to reach more people and change more lives, that's what we do. Hey, leaders, last thing I want to do with you before you hop off the call. Listen, I only wanted to spend about 45 minutes with you tonight. All right, I know you're busy. And you got lots of things to do, but i got to tell you, as a leader, you got to get poured back into it. It's like like a car. If you don't fill that car back up, that car is absolutely not going to be able to achieve its fullest potential. I want to just cover you in prayer tonight. You let me do that. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for this leader, and I pray now, Father, that you would give them wisdom. Your word says that if they like wisdom, that you give them wisdom of all liberality. Number two, I pray that you would give them the fortitude, the fortitude to do that which you've called and ordained for them to do. Thirdly, I pray that you give them clarity in your voice, that they would have clarity in what it is that you're saying, that you, uh, in the variety of ways that you speak, that they would hear you clearly. And, Father, if they're in the midst of a test, and that test right now, you seem absent. That is because a teacher cannot talk in the midst of a test. So I pray that even in the midst of the test, that they would be able to pass that test, that you give them uh, wisdom, that you give them grace, that you give them strength to be able to pass that test. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, everybody, amen. Hey, listen, guys, have a great night. Please make sure, again, if you need to listen to the replay, you can call the number that you dial, and you will have the replay available for you. In addition to that, it will be in the podcast. It, uh, it will normally upload in about 24 hours, so it'll probably be there tomorrow. You may even get it tonight. So uh, you can get that in our leadership podcast. This is a really good one, so make sure that you share it. Have a great night, everybody. Shalom.